Are you there, God? It's us, Sid King and Becca Stevenson. We are here to answer the questions, what made you good and what makes you sad? We started this podcast to dispel the rumor that good girls go bad. Sometimes they go sad. Uh, Mostly good girls go wherever they want to go. So we're here to unpack our religious drama together. Yes, that's right. We did say drama because the best parts of religion are performative. And just a reminder, as always, we are not here to bash. We're just here to bond. We have a super fun guest here today. You are going to absolutely love her. She brought wine. So. She brought wine. <laughs> She's five foot two. Can you believe it? She's brunette, just like us. <laughs> it's a club. It really it is. Yeah, now it's a cult. <laughs> awesome. Well, please welcome Victoria Pla, content creator and writer. Woo! Welcome, Victoria. Hello. Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming. And also, thank you for yeah, willing, being willing to be here in my unair-conditioned apartment. But once again, we have wine, so we're going to be okay. Yes. We're, as always, very professional. Yeah, this is just a call. If someone wants to sponsor us so we can record this in a studio where yeah. our guests can be air-conditioned, hit us up. We would love that. Yeah, I'm, I'm super excited to have Victoria here today. We have been talking about having her on for a while. We actually discovered our shared religious drama on TikTok, which is where the best connections are made. So super excited to meet you in person, and we're glad you could make it. Thank you for having me. I'll take any opportunity to just talk endlessly without being stopped. (laughs) Amazing. That is what this podcast is about. It's about talking. We love it. Well, I think we can probably just dive right into our first question. Mm -hmm. Um, We would love to know your good girl origin story. So I was raised Catholic. I did not go to Catholic school, but I went to CCD. Do you guys know what CCD is? Hell yeah. Okay. Hell yeah. Yes. (laughs) Sometimes I'm like, is it that weird? But then I see TikToks about CCD and I'm like, okay, it's a universal experience. Do you know what it stands for? I always forget. I have no idea. So ours was during the week and it was, it was either on a Tuesday or Thursday night. And the cool part was you got to go to the middle school and like take CCD class in the middle school. So, you know, as a third grader sitting in an eighth grade classroom and like looking through their desks you felt like such a badass even though you were like literally sitting there learning about adam and eve but you're like this is the peak of my life and you walk past the lockers like remember being a kid and thinking a locker was like a cool thing yeah also like the biggest thing in the world like they're they're like it's so tall i can't even like see the top of these lockers exactly exactly it was it was more of like a social hour because you got to see, I went to public school, but a lot of the kids were Catholic, so you would see them at CCD on Tuesday or Thursday night. So it was like a little bit extra socializing that just like felt really cool to see people outside of school in like a different setting. Was your CCD mostly like just educational or was it like you played games and dodgeball and stuff? It was mostly just educational. Okay. We would sit in the classroom probably for like one or two hours once a week and I remember we would have workbooks we had tests oh my gosh oh my god now that I think about it, that's crazy <laughs> that we had a test that's, that's so intense my mom would be like did you study I'd be like mom I don't even study for real school I study for CCD because like you want to get grades it was just I guess they like gave you the test as like the thread at the end to like make sure you paid attention yeah I think could you fail I guess I, like, never got a bad... I definitely wasn't getting A's, but I was probably getting, like, quote-unquote B's and C's. Mm -hmm. I remember the only time I ever had to take a test outside of, like, my actual graded theology classes that I had at my Catholic school was for confirmation, and they were just, like, you would just have to take it again if you didn't pass. But that is crazy. It's, like, God loves me no matter what. Do I really have to take the test about him? I don't remember if we had, because that sounds like what we did for confirmation, but I don't remember if we had tests for confirmation. 
I don't. I doubt it. Methodist pretty chill. <laughs> Famously. Yeah. Famously In certain chill. circumstances. Well, yeah. Well, we were also training for the um, the sacraments. So, like, if it was second grade when you got the com- the communion, or if it was sixth grade when you got the confirmation, like that was when CCD was. You a got confirmed more in sixth grade. Yes. That's crazy. I got confirmed my sophomore year of high school. Really? But it was like based on your diocese, and I remember like w- or. Well, yeah, one, or maybe it was just, like, you're a priest. Remember, like, one parish in my diocese, they got, like, special dispensation from the bishop to be able to, like, d- confirm early because they would send all the kids on this retreat. It was a very, very wealthy zip code. So they would send all the kids into the woods to get confirmed. Or, like, not to, to get confirmed, but, like, they would send them on, like, a four-day retreat. But then everyone else just, like, met in the basement of their churches. And that was, like, sophomore year of high school. So sixth grade is so early. It's it's really young. I mean, if you think about it, you're committing to a life and a religion, but you have no idea how life actually works. So how, how seriously can one take a confirmation when you're 11? No boy has ever seen your belly button. How can you commit to... <laughs> How can you commit your life to the Holy and Spirit? And you know, every year for Halloween, if I wanted to be like Jasmine or Britney Spears or like the generic pop star and it came with a crop top, my mom was like, you know, you have to wear a turtleneck underneath. I was the opposite. I was like, I don't want anybody to see my stomach. <laughs> oh, no. I would I would voluntarily put things underneath. Yeah. Wait, or where are you from? Are you from somewhere where it was cold during a Halloween? I'm from Pennsylvania, so okay. it, was, it was pretty hit or miss every year. Like, some years you had to put, like, a those Under Armour cold gear turtlenecks under your costume and you know as a girl you're pissed because you're like this is ruining the whole thing like I had a vision but then there were some years where it was fine it's just like depended wait where in Pennsylvania are you from it's called Bucks County oh yeah 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 no sorry you you should explain to the listeners but I was I was here I was like yes I understand Bucks County do you know Bucks County nope people who know Bucks County like know Bucks County it's an hour north of Philly um it's very suburban and it, it's you either live on a farm or you live in like, you know, a keeping up with the Joneses neighborhood. It's interesting. Very cookie cutter. And the town I am from, like everybody is Irish Catholic. Not everybody, but you know, like a huge portion of the population. Mm-hmm. So it's very it's kinda like stepping back into the fifties. Interesting. In good ways and bad ways. Good ways and bad ways. Yeah, I don't nice. know about Bucks County. Wait, I have a question. Okay, so um, my fiance's family is very Catholic, and he has four siblings, and they all have these pictures of them, and they're wearing these like little white outfits, and they're like holding little prayer signs and making little cherub faces. What would that have been from? They look like they're like first seven. communion. First communion. Yeah. Yes. Okay, yes. so that's different from confirmation. But Michael was just wearing a little suit. No, he's wearing a dress. No, I'm just kidding. I was, like, <laughs> yeah. I was like, I don't know how to do it in Wisconsin, but can you imagine? Oh my god! No, because you know what you are. You're a little bride. You're a little bride for Christ. They dress us up as little brides. What if one of the boys? Is? V- veils and all. Um, I mean, honestly, it was just not that big of a deal for them, right? Like, I don't. I guess, yeah. Not. That I guess boys that. take com- com- like communion too. Cool, whatever. But it's very performative when you're a girl. So is that when you marry God? So that if you have sex with somebody else, you're cheating on God? Is that the vibe? <laughs> um, I don't know. Probably. <laughs> probably. I think it's just so they can start telling you about that. Um, yeah, so that's your first communion. And before your first communion, famously, you have to go to your first confession, which you are in. Did you get confirmed? Uh, confer- uh, sorry. Oh, my gosh. Communion in second grade? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So you're seven. And, like, maybe the worst thing you've ever done was, like, slap your sister. And you have to, like, go... M- like be so 
You because like the whole point of confession is it's not the fact that you sinned; it's the fact you're remorseful for it. Mm -hmm. So you have to like it feels like putting on a show, right? Right. And being like, no, I'm I'm forgive me, Father, for I have sinned. I didn't do my homework, and yeah. But you're like saying you it's such a big deal. It's so scary too. It is really scary, and you have to memorize. That is it. The act of contrition. Act of contrition. You yep. Have to act of contrition. The act of contrition, which is basically like the thesis statement for your sins. You're like, I messed up, and I'm sorry for it. And I memorized that like there was no tomorrow. I put on my like Disney Channel star acting hat, and I was like, yes. I'm gonna memorize this monologue and perform it. <laughs> and I sat down across from the priest, and I start saying it, and he starts saying it with me. Because he just assumed that, like, most of the kids probably didn't memorize it. So he's helping me out. And I'm like, I don't need your help. <laughs> like, pipe down, sir. I'm this is my time. I my performance. I'm like, are you kidding me? I was livid. I was livid. And honestly, that story is from when I was seven. But that story could have been from last week. Like, my personality is exactly <laughs> yes, the same. No, absolutely. I have this thing about, like, going to confession for me. Like, I, I had... I always got in trouble for basically tattling on other people. And he would be like, that's not your sin. Like... Um, so, like, in high school, I would be like, my boyfriend made me think impure thoughts by telling me I was hot. <laughs> He'd be like, Sid, stop. Cut, cut, cut that oh shit out. God. Enough of that. I don't want to hear about this. Um, but, like, there's, I even did that, like, even as a kid, where I would be like, my sister made me really mad because here's the thing. She technically is the one that subscribes to the American Girl Doll magazine. Like, I do understand that. But at the end of the day... I need to read it more because I'm, like, younger and, like, more developing. So, like, those articles are more important to me. And he'd be like, I'm so, oh, did you sin? What's going on here? I'd be like, yeah, I, I threw a boombox at her head because she wouldn't let me read it first. He'd be like, Sid, what is going on? Um, anyway, you should continue. You, I, I don't think I've ever drank before doing the podcast before. And I'm like, ooh. One sip of wine. Oh, she's I, off. <laughs> well, I was going to say that I feel like going to confession is kind of like going to your therapist where you would get there and you would forget everything. Yes. I know I did bad stuff. I, I didn't listen to my mom. I would talk back to my dad. I had younger siblings, so I was terrible to them. And I would get to confession, and it, my mind would just go blank. And it's the same thing now as an adult. I'm like, I sobbed for an hour the other day, but then when I went to therapy, I couldn't remember why or how or anything wrong with my life. And I'm like, there's definitely some downsides that I need to talk through, mm -hmm. but it's just like a complete blank. And that's exactly what confession felt like. Did they never give you the little sheets, the examination of conscience? No. So for us, they, they would just like normally leave them outside of the confessional, um, which I also never, did you get to go into like a confessional or just like face to face in the room? Face to face. I Always face to face. Eye. Terrible. That's, okay. Where does this happen? Absolute media myth that we have confessionals. Normally not. It's like a little room, like a broom closet or sometimes it's not. It's just in the corner of the like of of a something in the basement where they're like people are eating spaghetti like a free spaghetti dinner in one quarter like confessions happening in another like confessionals are for big ritzy churches and I understand the need for them in media great device but at the end of the day they're they're fake it's fake news I don't think I could confess my sins directly to a person I mean I feel like since my therapy has become like, I do it on the phone now, and ever since it stopped being face-to-face, -face, I'm like, all right, so here's what's really going on, because I feel like I don't have to look at her, and, like, because, like, before I would be like, 
is she judging me? Does she like what I'm saying? Does she think this is good? Does she notice that I'm tearing up? Because she would always <laughs> notice that I was tearing up and be like, I can see you getting teary. And I'd be like, now I'm going to sob. <laughs> like, Don't point it out. Point it out. <laughs> That's funny um, because I get therapist stage fright too, but I've only done in person. Like I specifically sought out someone in person because if I knew if it, if it was on the phone, like I wouldn't take it seriously enough. And like for myself, I obviously want to take it seriously and I'm like, this person is literally licensed with the intention of hearing my secrets and not telling anyone. And I'm afraid to tell her that I slept with someone or I'm afraid to tell her like that I'm mad at my friend. And I'm like, oh my God, why am I hiding this from the, like the one person you don't have to hide it from? Mm-hmm. So I feel like now, I don't think I'll ever go to confession again in my life unless it was as a bit. Like I would go as a bit <laughs> and just like tell him all the bad stuff I do and just watch him be like you're you're a lost cause. Like, it's been um 23 years since my last <laughs> confession. Wait, I have a question about confession. Did you feel like it made you feel like you could do whatever you want and then just like get rid of the guilt? Or was it like every time you did something you were like, "Oh god, I got to tell them in confession." Or neither. Which is also an option. I feel like the things that I did quote-unquote wrong, I didn't actually think were wrong. So when I was in confession apologizing for them, I didn't mean a word. (laughs) Because, like, talking back to my parents, like, I always thought that I was in the right. So I was just like, oh, I'm just in trouble because I'm a kid and they're an adult. Like, I was right at the end of the day in the argument. So if I was like, I talked back to them. Or if I was like, I misbehave in class, I giggle too much and I talk too much and the teacher gets mad at me. I didn't think I was in the wrong. I thought I was just, like, too fun for the teacher. You were the personality hire. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like, they needed me. And now they're going to, like, listen to this podcast and be like, of course, Victoria Plaza is still talking out of her ass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, they're listening. They are. That's the thing. You've got their attention. Exactly. And what are they doing? Listening to a podcast you're on. I actually had a teacher, my sixth grade teacher. I really liked him. And when we would have parent-teacher conferences, and he said to my to me and my parents, he said, you are going to be very successful, you're smart, you're nice. The one thing that's going to get in your way is the fact that you talk and laugh way too much. And now that I'm A, a writer, and B, a content creator, I'm like, well, I feel like the talking and the laughing and the over-the-top personality actually helped. People are listening. Yeah, sure. I, oh my God, when I was a child, I don't know if I've ever told you this, Sid. When I was a child, my dad called me Boombox because he said I, I talked too much and too loudly. And he, I'm the youngest, so like, obviously. And he also used to say that I would make random noise. And I was like, I'm not making random noise. I'm actually telling a story. (laughs) I'm like, my whole family would be kind of like, yeah, no, she's like trying to say something, but like nobody wants to hear it because I was like five and annoying or whatever. And I'm like, literally, do not tell your kids that they're too loud because they will start stand-up comedy and they will will... speak into microphones and people will laugh and they'll just keep doing it. And they're going to make jokes about you. (laughs) I don't have any jokes about my parents. Well, not really. You, got, you, you sometimes... I have one joke about my parents, but you, they're always like, what do you say about us? And I'm like, nothing, but someday. That's how I feel when people are like, what do you say to hecklers? And I'm like, oh, I, I ignore them. I have a lot of things to say. I'm not really doing crowd work. I'm very busy talking about myself. <laughs> so I'm here to do a one-woman show. Yeah, I don't yeah. know what they think they're doing. Oh, my God. But I'm yeah. like, I really don't care that this man in a Patagonia vest is actually a veterinarian and not in finance. I, it's not something I'm interested in learning. Right, but. he's the one who chose to wear the finance bro uniform. Yes, so yeah. It's not your fault that you assumed 
the natural answer. And the thing is, I, I was a bad kid. I would go to improv shows and always yell out. I would always be like, I have the most inspired word for them to use for their improv that like I'm God's gift to man and that is why I don't do improv and so I do stand-up comedy I think that's the story because you're like yes and no that's not actually right (laughs) I would like to do this I would be too controlling to do improv I would be like I actually would like to take the story in a different direction but the fact that you can't prepare like I'm sorry I I'm a prepared girl you are I could not do something that I wasn't prepared for every so often I say something on stage that wasn't prepared but that is like a diamond like literally not a dime dozen what's the opposite of a dime dozen one in a million I don't know yes it happens so rarely and I have to be so on fire in every other part of my act to do it that like improv would not work for me to just start from scratch and make stuff up no thank you For me, it was the teamwork of it all. I was, (laughs) like, because I did competitive improv in high school. It's a thing, and I did it. Um, And for me, it was, like, that they say, don't be too hard on yourself. You win as a team, and you lose as a team. And I was like, no, if I'm really funny, I'm good. And if I suck, let me think I suck. Let me work on it instead of, like, be like, oh, no, you'll get them next time. And I'm like, yeah, there'll be a next time, and I'm going to work really hard for it. I, I just didn't didn't vibe with me, but I'm also not very empathetic, so I think that's my problem. <laughs> but anyway, Wait, back to your Catholic story. I was going to say, <laughs> I would like to go back to CCD, which I almost called CDC, and then I've just been thinking this last five minutes about what it was actually called. But I do okay, want to hear more about it because it sounds like – I thought it was like youth group vibes, but it sounds more intense. And, yeah. like, learning-based. I think it's, like, it's like a Hebrew school, most, mostly. Okay. Really, yeah, yeah you're like I mean, preparing was, for sacraments. It was, you don't go to Catholic school, but you have to learn a few things before you can move up. So, you have to go to CCD. And my, my best friend's mom was a CCD teacher, so she would drive us. And we would be in the car, and every week they were like, let's play the quiet game. Because I was talking too much. In the car? They played the quiet game? In the car. They That's were like, let's monstrous. play the quiet game. Because Victoria's in the back seat, in her little booster seat, laughing <laughs> and talking too much that we would play the quiet game. And of course, I'm still friends with these people to this day. So I guess I wasn't that catastrophic. But the fact that they like enlisted in the quiet game on purpose was... There's something to be said about that. That would have been so upsetting to me. I would have been like, no, I have so much to say. And the car is the place where you're supposed to say it. Yeah, that's where you gossip. Okay, so I did look up CCD, and it's the Confraternity of Christian Doctrine, which is oh. actually the scariest name I've ever heard in my life. I don't even think I was told that growing up. And I've never known until this moment right now. Well, what about how it's described as a catechesis program of the Catholic Church? That that clears it up for me. Well, the Catechism of the Catholic Church is this book of rules, and it's like anything you have a question on, it's in there and that is the church's stance on that thing so it's teaching the catechism i guess catechism sounds way too close to catacombs i literally (laughs) literally was just thinking that i was like what are those things called in rome that i've been to and i was like i know it's different it's different but i feel like the vibe is the same yes like okay we put jp2 is the one who came up with the catechism i didn't know that you know Wait, the he's Pope? like right now Pope though, right? No. Okay, here's my thing with the Catholic Church. Why would you use words like promulgated when you're supposed to be explaining something to me? I'm not dumb and I don't know what promulgated means. You may not means. know this about the Catholic Church, but they haven't changed anything. 
in hundreds of hundreds of years. <laughs> well, they did they they didn't change anything and then they're like we give you Vatican II, so nothing has to be in Latin anymore. And then they're like this we're progressive. What are you guys talking about? We are so progressive. And um it has nothing's changed since then. Okay, so you're in CCD, you're vibing. You're, you're not getting, allowed to talk on the way there. Yeah, you're getting <laughs> Bs and C+. Plus. I don't believe you're getting Cs. You're getting C+. Pluses. And What's your vibe? Like, well, how do you feel about Catholicism? Is it just, like, the thing that you do on the weekends and, like, you go to church or, like, are... You're asking in her past? Yes. Yes, okay. yes, yes. I was going to say, don't, don't um, no, preclude <laughs> our question. My, my 25-year-old opinion is very different from my 7-year-old opinion. Of course, of course. Um, As but, it should be. Yeah. <laughs> Lots to unpack. But um, I would say just... At that age, like, it just, there were no stakes. Like, you just, you had to go to church on Sunday, and it was an hour, and it was boring, but I was the oldest, so if my sister Alexandra had to go to the bathroom, I got to walk her to the bathroom, and we would walk slowly through the hallways and really take our time. It it was. It was. Exactly. We also, um, we did not have a church growing up, because too many people were at the Catholic church, so they split it in two by zip code so we were moved to the new church but they didn't have the money to build the new church yet so we had catholic mass every sunday in the high school auditorium and the high school auditorium had these wooden chairs where the seat would come down Mm -hmm. so when everyone would stand up they would all just bang and be super loud and they're like come on guys please like grab the chair before you get up but the priest would be like whatever he says when he's like everybody up for all right. Yes, yes, yes. Oh my God, I never. Your Honor, please, you, please. Well, they say please be seated. What do they say? Please be standing. I don't. Please. Stand. Um, oh, maybe I, they say please be standing. I think they. I. I feel like it was always just a let us pray, and we always. Yes. A, a solid let us pray, mm. and everyone will get up, and it would be like bang, 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 bang. All <laughs> these chairs. Wait, did you have to kneel in this high school auditorium? There was no kneeling. So once we got a real church, no one knew when to kneel Neal. because no one had kneeled for the first fifteen years. Okay. The kneeling is a lot to handle if you've never knelt. Well, you know, that's the point, is that you're supposed to suffer, like Mm -hmm. Jesus did. Okay, I did not enjoy it, I'm not gonna lie. Okay, well, yeah, no (laughs) one enjoys, quote-unquote, suffering. But yeah, and I'm not calling you out, but on the bang, 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 we had that same thing, but with our risers, with, like, if you put the risers down, the risers you would kneel on, Mm -hmm. um they would slam on the floor and literally I always remember the priest being like this is not a bowling alley can we be respectful please <laughs> and That's I'll so never funny. get that out of there's nothing hand. worse than being chastised by a <laughs> church person <laughs> while you're just trying to just trying to pray yeah wait so was your family really devout like what how did your parents feel about it so my mom is extremely catholic devoutly devoutly catholic right now yes Yes, to this day um our one family friend used to say to her that she could be on gilligan's island and she would find a sunday mass (laughs) we we would be on vacation and she would be like well we have to find the nearest church church on vacation i have and i would be like mom we're in disney world (laughs) yes they have them in california (laughs) yes yes as a gift one year we got taken to disneyland for christmas we had went to mass in spanish spanish mass right oh yeah 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 yeah. well when we went for christmas we went on christmas and i remember we went to like a mass across from the anaheim angels stadium and it was like so cool but i used to go to spanish mass all the time not just in california 
Really? Is your oh, family yeah. Hispanic or you just went for No, fun? not at all. Oh. No, not at all. Um, they would just do Spanish mass at our... I was like... Also, I, I thought I was going to be a Spanish major, so I would just go to Spanish mass. But that was like... That was a big thing that they loved to do, is they loved to be like... You know who else is Catholic? People in Mexico. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about Our Lady of Guadalupe all day, every day. That was like, my parish growing up, Our Lady of Guadalupe. And Our Lady of Guadalupe in mm-hmm. Bucks County, Pennsylvania? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Famous for Guadalupe. I mean, as I got older and realized the connection of Our Lady of Guadalupe with a lot of Latin cultures, specifically Mexican culture, I was like, how the hell did Our Lady of Guadalupe end up in Bucks County, Pennsylvania, where there were like three and a half Hispanic people. Exa- yes, that, the the, that, was I wasn't trying to get there, but that's exactly where I was going with that. I think there was like a decent Spanish-speaking population in um, like where I went, I grew up, but, and I think they would pretty much, my parish was the one that like did the Spanish-speaking masses. And so we, it would be extra credit if you went. So that's why I would go all the time. You get Spanish extra credit if you went to the Spanish-speaking mass. That's huge. And I remember being so performative about it because, like, it was also mandatory to learn the Spanish prayers in my Catholic grade school. So I'd say, i be like, Padre Nuestro, que estás en el cielo. Like, I say, knew all the prayers. And it was, like, honestly so embarrassing. And someone should have, someone should have stopped me. But no one did. And here we are. <laughs> here we are. But yeah, but, yeah, church on vacation. We would go to church on vacation. And also going to church in Florida. Everyone's always in flip-flops. And, like, it absolutely scandalized all of my friends i went like on spring break with my family friends and um like my boyfriend's family's like parents or whatever i don't even know there was like five of us and they were like so put off by the flip-flops in florida they're like flip-flops in a sanctuary like it you're receiving holy communion in flip-flops and it really sent them over the edge i'll never forget that either so we were big on like I mean, we we, ha- we had mass in a high school auditorium, so, like, how fancy can it be? We would be coming from, you know, we would have a track meet afterwards, or there would be a basketball game afterwards. Like, we were always, we were never dressed nicely for church. My mom was always, like, come as you are. It just matters that you're there. Like, it, she would always give, you know, when we were little in the pews, you could have a coloring book, or you could have Cheerios, or, like, a bag of goldfish, and as long as you stayed in the pews that was what mattered so it was like the way we dressed and you know the the accessories we needed to get through church as kids didn't matter it just mattered that we were there but um my mom my mom still goes every sunday she sits in the i guess it wouldn't be the lobby but whatever like the church equivalent of the lobby is the narthex that is a word i've never heard in my life (laughs) Well, that's where my mom's sitting. She does. She doesn't go in. I I think it started because of COVID. She didn't want to like be in with all the germs, but she wanted to be there. So she just chills in the back. And the priest, the archbishop, is always like, "You okay?" She's like, "Oh yeah, I'm great. I'm just chilling back here." She has like her own personal connection with Jesus, so she can make her own rules, I guess. That's like lovely. <laughs> I'm sort of jealous of people who are just like so like just emotionally connected to it because I'm like, that's. I don't know. That's a lot more pleasant to me than like the rules-based connection that yeah, a lot she's of people still very have. Rules-based. Don't get yeah. me wrong on that. Like she's really a stickler for the rules, and it's it's a whole thing. So, are your wait? How many siblings do you have? I have three. I'm the oldest. Okay. Nice. And are your siblings like were they all in it too? Like, are all in it together? Yeah, they are. They are. Um, 
more religious than me, actually. Um, I guess I'm just the failure child. Uh, somebody has to be. Somebody has, has to be. It. Someone has to be, you know, like the big liberal slut, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> not just liberal, not just a slut, a big liberal slut. Mm-hmm. I'm exaggerating. Um, <laughs> maybe. Uh, my brother is pretty good about going to church, and he's he's actually going to law school at Villanova, so I assume he'll, you know, be able to access church even more easily. And then both of my sisters go to, I guess they call them Jesuit schools. My, my one sister goes, I mean, my one sister goes to Notre Dame, so, like, they have to go to church. Mm-hmm. Uh, so everybody's still in it to win it. I have pretty much divorced the situation, but... Um, the, re- the rest of them are hanging on where me and then kind of my dad, he's like not super religious, even though he was raised Catholic, but he, they've always been kind of like easy peasy about it. I would Does say. your, are your parents together? Yes. Okay. Does your mom go to church without him? Oh yeah. Yeah. It's her thing. She goes, she goes in her workout clothes. She goes to the grocery store afterwards. It's just like a piece of her week. Mm-hmm. So she's, she's in and out. She always jokes that like if the homily's really boring, she uses that time to make her grocery list in her head. That's funny. We went to church. My dad didn't come with us for, like, most of my childhood. And then at some point, he got really into it. And I don't, like, I feel like being a child, I was just kind of like, oh, dad comes to church now. Like, I never thought about what was going on. Just, like, started coming to church for comfort. And now he's, like, way more into it than I would say the rest of us are. Mm. That's kind of nice, though. Like, I feel like... He was drawn back in for a good reason as opposed to people that like feel obligated. He was like, oh, I need I need something. I might as well go. Yeah. And that's what he says is that like for a long time he did feel obligated because my grandparents are really religious and were very much like no matter what you were doing, you were at church on Sunday. And so I think he felt like once he was an adult, he was like, well, I don't have to go to that. Like, that's not for me. But he's very into the, like, scholarly aspect of it now, like, likes to read about Jesus and know all that kind of stuff. So I feel like that kind of, like, changed his perspective on it. But he's, like, involved in the church now, which is just hilarious to think that he literally never went when we were younger. But also, like, being the oldest child and being, like, the first to kind of step away, not saying that all of your siblings will, like, is kind of a huge thing because... They like can see the example you're setting, and you're doing you're doing something wonderful. Just in case you don't know that. Thank you. Because like, <laughs> like I always took so many cues. I only have one older sister, but she was really devout, and then like she kind of stepped away, and then like I saw that like her, she like so like living a happy, healthy life doing that, and I was like, okay, like I should come to terms. Like why why am I doing this? Why am I so religious? What am I even like? Is it a relationship with God or is it a superiority complex? which religion for people with superiority complex oh yeah <laughs> it's present it's it's it's, present. it's certainly something I, yeah what came first the superiority complex or the um devotion to, to jesus i'm not sure but um it like watching that happen and like having to really examine why i was doing it mm-hmm. is like i don't know you're doing you're doing something I will you're say, not you're not just a big you're not just a big liberal slut thank you so much <laughs> i'm actually a charlotte and not a samantha so i can't even really call myself a slut but i have to every once in a while justice for charlottes justice for charlottes actually after i call myself a charlotte it's funny for me to say this but if you like rewatch the first two seasons 
Charlotte has sex with just as many people as Samantha. She really does. It's because she's brunette, I swear. (laughs) Samantha's like, I'm open about my sex life and I'm blonde. So everyone's like, harlot. And then Charlotte's like, I'm kind of like embarrassed to be having sex. Everyone's like, oh my God. But she falls in love on every first date. Like she goes on a date with a guy and she's like, he's the one. And then she goes home with him. And then a few days later, she's like, actually, you know what? He's probably not. And I feel like that's a much less healthy relationship with yourself than Smith ever had, to be honest. That's true. Or like self-aware, I guess. Yeah. Well, one thing that I feel like I've said a lot is like the the path from slut-shaming other people to slut-shaming yourself is so real mm-hmm. when you're like, oh, I'm better than all of you because I don't do these things. And then all of a sudden you're like, hmm, there's no in-between. <laughs> Well, I mean, the Catholic guilt is very much present in, in no, ma- no matter, like, if you're a Charlotte, a Samantha, a Mix, a Carrie, a Miranda, like, no matter how you behave in that category of life, the, the Catholic guilt sticks with you forever. Like, you could really like the person. You could be like, oh, my God, that was so wrong. And you're like, no, it wasn't. Everybody has needs. Yeah. Yeah. That is very true. You said that you had a um, Catholic origin story you really wanted to share. Yes. Do you want to go ahead and share it? I do. I do have to tell the story of my confirmation. Please. Um, This, to be fair, this should have been my mom's first sign that I was on my way out of the Catholicism because I like to joke that this was the devil taking up residence in my body. Um, So confirmation for us, it used to happen in eighth grade. And then when I was in sixth grade, they moved it down to sixth grade. What about the seventh graders? They just got, I think they had to fit. They had to finish it up that year. So for the sixth graders, we were like, let's go. We don't have to do another two years of CCD. This is going to be huge. So you go through the year and the CCD is a little more intense than usual because you're getting confirmed and it's a big deal. And confirmation rolls around and I have the worst stomach bug like you know those violent stomach bugs that just went around for years in elementary school they were just like constantly circulating couldn't even keep water down like so so bad I'm very ill and I believe my mom called the the woman in charge of CCD being like Victoria's so sick and Whatever happened, I don't know if it was a phone call or an email or whatever, but it was like, Victoria still has to go. It, <laughs> it does not matter that Victoria can't keep water down. Victoria has to go. So my mom was retelling the story recently, and I think she, she liked that I looked so awful because it was really sticking it to them. Like, look at how sick this girl is. So you're in your, oh, because you're not wearing a white dress, but you're in like a, your dressed up outfit. It looks, you, it looks like a graduation robe. A red robe with like the, we had red robes with like white. Ours was white. Ours was white, yeah, and it had like a little, um, I guess a dove, like a red dove yeah. on the chest. Yes, so yes. every girl, this is sixth grade, so people are starting to learn how to use a straightening iron and a curling iron, so it's a big deal. And girls are wearing, their moms are letting them wear makeup. Everybody looks beautiful. I show up with one of those like camisoles that you would get at Justice with a yeah. built-in bra yeah. and brown gauchos. I'm like, that's all I could manage to put on. And I have I my had hair. brown gauchos. A gauchos. So classic. You have to put them in It was limited too when I was that age. That's very upsetting to me. <laughs> there was both. There was the both. divide. I'm, I'm, definitely, I'm definitely an in-betweener. You I saw the shift. I I, I, I witnessed. I physically participated in the shift. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so brown gauchos, 
Camisole. Brown gauchos. Built in bra, I assume. Built in bra, of course. I had no boobs. I mean, I still don't, but... <laughs> And my hair is in, like, a messy bun on top of my head. My mom used to literally call them throw-up buns because she would put our hair in a messy bun whenever we were sick. <laughs> I am white. I thought you meant because you throw it up there. It's like, no. Oh, no, just no. vomiting. She calls it a throw-up bun because growing up, if you were sick and you didn't want to, like, throw up on your hair or whatever, like, she would put it on top of your head. Little did she know <laughs> so it would funny. become, like, a trend in 2010. But I looked awful, white as a ghost, like not a, not an inch of makeup on me, and and white as a ghost. Like as a kid, I was a very tan kid, so like the fact that I there was just like no life in my face, and my mom's like, "Let's go, you're gonna walk right up to the woman in charge of CCD and tell her exactly how terrible you feel." So I go up to her and I'm like, "I'm so sick, I can't stop throwing up," and all my friends are kind of like, "Oh." but like keeping themselves away from me, and she goes, "Well, Victoria, the thing is." This is the only confirmation ceremony this year. So if you don't get confirmed today, you have to go to CCD for a whole other year and do the ceremony next year. And I was like, I can't just go to the ceremony next year. I have to go back to CCD for a year. And she's like, yeah. And my mom's like, fine. My mom hands me a red Solo cup to throw up in (gasps) in case I go into the ceremony and they're like, here's the compromise. You can leave early because it's like a two-hour ceremony they're like, you can do the confirmation part and then go home. So I'm sitting in the pews. They put me, they moved my seat to put me on the aisle just in case. And I'm fine. Like, I, I hadn't had any water because I knew I would just throw it up. And I'm sitting there. I'm, like, holding this red solo cup. And the priest pulls out that, like, silver lantern-looking thing that has the incense in it. Yes. There's incense? Oh, yeah. And all, like, that's when you knew that it was a serious event, is, like, mm-hmm. the priest would come around and go, chunk, 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 chunk. There's a sound. There is a smell. Like, it's, it's an incense smell. day. It's not yeah. the sexy yoga class incense. It's the, um, it's the, it's the, it's a very gross smell. And every year on Christmas, when it starts, when they start to spray the incense, everybody looks at me because of this story. So he started spraying the incense. Oh, God. And my mom says that in that moment, she was like, oh, crap. Because it just smelled so bad. And the smell made me gag. So I sprint out of the church. But the nearest exit was literally at the front next to the altar. So I sprint out in front of everybody. Like a dramatic rom-com, The Runaway Bride. Mm-hmm. And I go out, and I'm, like, throwing up in the snow. And the head of CCD comes out. And she's like, oh, are you okay? And I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? Like, do I look okay? You are making me do this. So she's like, you're almost done. You're almost there. Okay, I'm going to head back inside. I'm like... Almost done vomiting? <laughs> like, she's, there can't possibly be anything else in there. She's like, you're, you're, you're almost done. You're almost done. Ceremony. I thought she was, like, looking at it like, um, that's a lot of bile. You're almost done here. I honestly... I As a kid, I don't get how we threw up so much. And, like, it was just no big deal. Okay, People throwing up at mass. I, I know you didn't go to, like, all school masses with, like, a whole school. But, like, without fail, at least once a month, someone would throw up and then someone would pass out. Yes. And passing out at school was, like, everyone's like, I'm so embarrassed. I'm like, no, you're not. Yeah. You No, you're not. No, you're not. And there would always be the, the odd kid who was truly embarrassed. But I was like, no, you're not. You got... You know how many people started praying for you all at once? I would kill for that kind of prayer, that kind of exposure <laughs> to God. At the time, that's how I thought. But I'm dead. Yeah, no, we, kids were always throwing up. It's just like a rite of passage in elementary school. Like, there's just these gross stomach bugs that go around, mm-hmm. and you throw up an unbelievable amount, and then that's the end of it. And 
it kind of helped actually because there was snow on the ground when this was happening. So like being outside in the freezing cold in my justice camisole with the belt and bra, it, it really like brought it brought me back to life, that like sting of the cold air. And I had to kind of walk of shame back into the church. And I mean, I don't even remember what happens at confirmation. I went up, I, I told them my new middle name. I picked Elizabeth because I liked Kira Knightley and Pirates of the Caribbean. Hello, nice. by panic. Yep. And my Aunt Lisa was like, you know what? At the end of the day, thank God you were sick. We didn't have to stay the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm That's just like, so that funny. is probably like the metaphor for the moment when I was like, this is absolute nonsense. Yeah. God was like, not for you, babe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's like, I don't want you here. That's Go so funny. Home. Well, I feel like that transitions us very well into our next question. Would yeah. you like to ask it, Sid? I would love to know what made you sad in a way that like made you step away from the church or just realized like doing this full time, this isn't religion, wasn't for me. Um, yeah, what, for lack of a better term, what made you sad? Um, I would say the the thing is I never had a strong pull to church. Like even from a young age, it was it was marketed to me as an obligation and a rule and a commitment. And I just never saw the positives of it. It was always like I have to go and I have to sit there for an hour. And then when I got older and I started to understand what the priest was saying and he would like, lecture us about how terrible it is that gay people exist and I'd be like wait a darn minute I have gay friends now like I don't really like what you're saying to me so I think as I started to like come to terms with how crazy the rules were I was just like I was just not interested in in it anymore and um I also like see the way that like I feel bad for my mom because the ways in which I'm not Catholic or the Catholic rules that I don't follow she looks at that as wrong as opposed to just different so like that's something that I I feel bad and I hope she can like come around to being like oh Victoria's not wrong Victoria's just different so I think like that kind of mindset and the way it has a negative effect on so many people just made me be like "Mm, it's not for me but then of course like I know plenty of people who are gay and Catholic or are Catholic and don't follow the rules. They treat religion as a buffet and just pick what they want to celebrate and, like, actually celebrate the core, which is, like, loving and helping others. Mm -hmm. So I, like, I would, if they want to welcome me back with open arms one day when they everybody actually acts that way and, like, it is a cool thing, that would be fantastic. But it just, like, it never, never had a pull for me. Yeah. I... I get that, where it's like, oh, you say those things, and then even if you find, like, a quote-unquote accepting church, you go, and they're like, well, everyone starts as sinners, so just repent for the bad things you're doing, and I'm like, I just, that's implying that you think that I'm wrong, and I don't think that I'm wrong, and how can I be wrong, and there are things that you're not addressing within, like, the church as a construct, the church as a, like, obviously... Like, there's child abuse, obviously, there's so mm-hmm. many things wrong with the Catholic Church, and they get to sweep those things under the rug and never address them, but, like, you wear yoga pants, um, and I like how they're still yoga pants, they're not even leggings, in my mind, mm-hmm. because I remember, we have a thing about how we used to slut shame our friends for wearing yoga pants, 
You want to talk about your... Um... Yeah, it wasn't my friends. They weren't... <laughs> my had, friends weren't friends? skanks. No. Um, <laughs> I was friends with the yoga pants people. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, we had... I just remember when I was in high school. So we had a uniform. I went to public school. But we had a uniform. And it was like polo shirts in certain colors. And then you had... And they were like no logo, the whole vibe. And then you had to wear black pants or khaki pants or navy pants. And they couldn't be jeans unless they were dark enough. So a lot of people wore yoga pants, which, like, understandably, it was part of the dress code that you could. And I wrote an op-ed for the newspaper called Leggings Are Not Pants. And it was... So it wasn't yoga pants, actually. I was not opposed to yoga pants. I was opposed to leggings worn as pants, which is hysterical because that is all I wear today. Yeah. Which is probably just, like, a metaphor or something for my life. But It is funny how instilled in it it is instilled in us it is because I remember like being in middle school and hearing about like the first girl who went to second base or the first girl who went to third base and you'd be like how could she and looking back I'm like you know what eighth and ninth grade like is really young I hope that everybody has a good parental figure that's teaching them these things before they like enter the world of Adolescent touching. Adolescent touching is the funniest term I've ever heard in my entire life. It sounds really bad out of context, but you're like... Adolescent on adolescent touching. I can't wait. We had a whole, like, system that was, um, like, oh, were you stand-up kissing? Were you sit down kissing? Were you lay down kissing? Like, and they were, there was all of these oh, stages there. of kissing because what we're going to do, not, like something beyond kissing was just you have to slut shame every step right exactly like if you even if you said you were like kissing your boyfriend like even that has such a stigma you're like no like boyfriends are for sitting next to and praying was like basically what the catholic church was trying to teach us was like yeah you need to find a christ-centered partner who you guys just like sit down and pray together i also had friends in middle school who to be to be honest like it took me a long time to kiss a boy i was a late bloomer Mm -hmm. But I remember having friends in middle school that were raised Catholic, and then they started, like, you know, quote-unquote, we were calling it hooking up back then, but that it was literally just making out, and they would be hooking up with boys, and they, like, got a kick out of the fact, they were like, oh, we're such whores. And, like, obviously, if you're 15 and you make out with a boy, you're not a whore. But, like, they got a kick out of calling themselves that. So there's something to say about that, too. Like, the reverse slut shaming they like wanted to be quote unquote slutty but they really weren't they were just you know 15 and who doesn't want to kiss a boy or a girl or anybody else when you're 15 so it's very it's very interesting yeah i was trying to find um photos today for that teenage dirt bike trend and i did find like a lot of like we were put our legs on each other like we were like salsa dancing in photos do you remember that like weird trend oh yes 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 (laughs) and then like making weird kissy faces and like literally none of us were touching each other so i don't know why we wanted to do that in photos that would go on the internet it was it was weird like we wanted to put out this image that we were so confident i think it was like a false confidence kind of like cringy millennial thing i don't know but um that was also the peak of like being a pick me Uh and being a quirky girl Mm -hmm. so like being quote unquote silly in photos but not actually being ugly was huge huge yeah i remember my friends and i so we like didn't most of us didn't drink until like senior year of high school um, but 
we like were very judgy of people who drank. Like it was like our thing was that we didn't drink, and we were like, um, we go to youth group, we don't drink. And then at some point, we just like went to my friend's house for her birthday party. We were not drinking, but we thought it would be funny to like imitate the pictures that the people who did drink took. And so like I don't know, I'm like a little bit older than y'all, so y'all might not know it. But there was like this trend of like people would like kind of cover their mouth and then like put their hand in the air, like. Like, yeah, exactly like that. And it was just, like, so, like, it was, like, when you saw that picture, it was, like, you know she's been drinking, and she's, like, having fun and feeling cute and silly. And we, like, took a bunch of pictures like that. And, like, we didn't even have, like, solo cups in the pictures. Like, we were literally were just taking, like, silly pictures out by her, like, like bonfire or whatever. And I remember people, like, telling my then ex-boyfriend, like, I think Becca started drinking this weekend. And he, like, texted me and was like, are you drinking? Like, that's not like you. Which he drank, by the way. So he was shaming me for drinking when he didn't drink. Or when he drank. And anyway, so I just, like, remember, like, the whole school, or not the whole school, nobody cared about me. It was a very big school. But the small group of people that did care about us were like, wow, you guys are, like, such hypocrites. Now you're drinking. And we were like, no, we're not. We're satirizing you and then it was like actually this isn't cute like what are we doing <laughs> we're just putting up a Facebook album of us making fun of people that we like barely know not very cool but that like memory just jumped out at me that sounds exactly like something me and my friends would have done like I me and my me and my best friend Brie we used to always be like oh we're like not the kind of people that need to drink to have fun oh my god yes and to be fair like I am the kind of person who has to drink to have fun because I'm very socially anxious so I need a glass of wine to get along with people at a party and we just like thought we were above people because we didn't drink and then of course you know like we started dabbling senior year when we would have those like girl sleepovers and like drink some wine coolers but it was like like, why am I being so judgy? Like, I'm 17. This is why I'm not cool. This is why I don't get invited to the parties where the people... Mm-hmm. Have I told the story about the fact that I thought not a single person drank yeah. at high school? Um, so I didn't drink in high school. I was in a sorority my freshman year. Didn't drink at all freshman year. Like, I went to frat parties sober, which, where is my gold star purple heart? Like, that was... <laughs> You're braver than that. I was really very, I was really very brave. And I think back on it, and I'm like, I really can do any social situation sober if I need to. Now, I'm like, I've I've done the worst of the worst with people that, like... And it, they're, they're not bad people. I just truly had nothing in common with them. Um, I know that this is not a cute term, but, like, in my sorority, I was, dare I say, a crack slipper. Um, and, like, they, I should not have been... Even my sorority was even like cool um, girls who were like kind of quirky, like we were chill on purpose. And I even being sort of that, I didn't really fit the bill. I don't even. I have no idea. Thanks for giving me a bid. I wasted a lot of money, but I I've made friends anyway. I just learned the term crack slipper yesterday on TikTok. on TikTok. Yes. Yeah. Um, and I was like, oh. Oh, I've never heard that, but that makes a lot of sense. I've never heard it until today, honestly. I also ended up being the ritual chair of my sorority, and that's a... Because I was like, well, I'm really into the ritual and the secrets, I think because I stopped going to church, and I was like, it was like a conduit for me to be like, keep my authority over something, and like, this makes me special because I know these secrets, and like, I commit to something. Like, I think that that's why I wanted to be the ritual chair of my sorority. But, I don't know, where was, where was I going with this? I don't know, but I... Oh, 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 I found out that um, I thought for a long time no one, in my soror- like, no one in my high school drank or did anything, and I lived in the sorority 
my sophomore year with someone I went to high school with and she was like oh my gosh no we were having so many parties we just didn't invite you because you were lame and we thought you were telling your mom which my mom did work at the high school but was like so cool and like literally would make jello shots for the teachers and like bring them to events so uh she was very cool and I was like oh you guys were having fun without me she's like yeah you were like snitching on everyone and I like had no idea it was happening so Anyway, that's how sad my life was. We, we did the same thing. Like, the first time we had, like, the girl sleepover in high school where we all drank, there was this one girl, and we were like, we shouldn't invite her because she's probably, like, she's such a goody two-shoes. She's going to tell her mom. She ended up being... She does stand-up comedy now. No, she doesn't. <laughs> she's too vanilla for that. But she, like, <laughs> she... Some of us are. <laughs> she ended up being, like, the craziest one. And we're like, that is absolutely hilarious to me that, like... The person, the, when we were like, oh, we should be careful, like, we don't, like, our moms are all friends, we're, we're all in the same circle, we have to be careful who we invite to, like, drink the wine coolers in the basement, it was like, she ended up being the craziest one. I honestly think mom, well, my mom will absolutely text me about this if it's not true. I think if we wanted to drink, she would have been like, okay, let's talk about it, and, like, talk, talk, talked through it with us, and, like, maybe have facilitated. My dad, absolutely not, because I remember... I was like 20 and a half. Like I was so close to being 21 and I had come back from studying abroad or something like that, like where I had been drinking and um, my sister like ordered this wine and she was like, oh, can I give us a sip? It's really good. And he goes, absolutely not. Absolutely not. We are in public. She could get a ticket. And um, that was cool, dad. Nice, nice. Anyway. Also, why why was there like this vision in my head that like the local police were going to log into Facebook and like scroll through my Oh my God. The putting up pictures of drinking. Like literally when we put up the pictures of us fake drinking, I was like, I'm going to get arrested Mm -hmm. for fake drinking. (laughs) For simply looking tipsy in photos, I will get arrested. Wait, okay. This is so important. Um, And then we can, um, we're going to ask you for your submission to the Google Glossary. Um, But... At my high school, this is real, there was a football party that got busted, and there was girls there, and they made the girls who were present at the party get up in front of the whole school and apologize during the homily of an all-school mass. Oh, gosh. And I, like, recalled this with my mom. Like, I went and visited her. We were literally kayaking and screaming this across two boats while a sea otter was going between us. And I was like, did I imagine that? And she's like, oh, no, no, they did that. Yeah, they they were like, this is the best best punishment is shame. And she had to, like, basically, but they were, like, pretending it was a testimony. But they made her do it. And um, I hope they're okay out there because that is the most absurd. That's asinine my school was intense but like not necessarily public shaming intense because they would be like "Ooh, we don't even want the public to know that we have students like this you know what i mean so i was so surprised surprising that they did that um but like i mentioned the good girl glossary um which for our listeners is the list of people places and things that made us good girls do you have a submission you would like to submit of course i would like to submit um self-serve froyo places oh mm -hmm. i know that this really applies in the 2010s i feel like from 2011 to 2014 like this is when these places thrived but 16 handles do still exist in the city if you're ever in the need um but you know as as a quote-unquote good girl in high school that was our friday night and our saturday night and sometimes our tuesday night like that you would gather and you would go to the self-serve froyo and i feel like that was just 
the epitome of high school culture for those of us who were not drinking. My friends went to Sonic, but very similar vibe. Yes. Also, when I was in college, there was like a... So I went to UNC Chapel Hill, and there's like a famous Froyo place there that everybody goes to. It's called Yopo, Yogurt Pump. And that was like... It was literally like Christian Girlies Unite. Like, we like went there after every event, and then they, they made this place... This place opened called Sweet Frog, which was like, did you have Sweet Frog? Okay, Sweet Frog was religious. Did you know that? I did not know that. It's like a Christian institution. Yeah. And so like, but it was like, you had to like dig deep to find out that they were Christian, but they were like a Christian institution. And I found that out way later, but I was like, it does make sense for how I used it. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, there was nothing stopping people from literally doing Bible studies like with an eleven dollar cup of yogurt that they put seventy five gummy bears on. One of my friends, I was like in a group of four that was like me, my boyfriend, my best friend, and her boyfriend, and we were toxic apparently and didn't let other people hang out with us. Um, and one of the guys, not my boyfriend, but my friend's boyfriend, worked at an Orange Leaf, which was like really close to the high school. So we would like go gossip about people at the orange leaf. Be like, can you believe that person covered their arms when they went to go see, receive communion? That means they sinned last night. Um, Wait, I'm sorry. What? <laughs> to receive communion, you're supposed to be in good standing with God. Um, and that means you have not committed any major sins, which means if you cov- like crossed your body going to receive communion like at an all-school mass or even like we would have to go to weekly mass um with like our classmates um but like a group of 30 for a class it was weird um we would like gossip and be like what sin do you think they committed okay that's really <laughs> horrifying to me considering i just went to a mass and i had to cross my little arms no, no, because no, no, no. i methodist everybody thought i was a sinner no, no one will think you're a sinner Start because that rumor. here's the thing. One, maybe you are a sinner because you're not Catholic. One. And two, I I wholeheartedly believe Michael and his mother would come to your defense and be like, oh, she couldn't receive. Because if you're not confirmed Catholic or like if you're not baptized Catholic, you're not or converted, you're not supposed to receive at all because we have like our own special kind of communion. Oh, so I you know. are actually being really respectful by not receiving it anyway. Okay. Well good for me. Yeah, no, they would have come to your defense and been like, oh, she's literally an angel sent from heaven. They also were not serving the blood of Christ, and I could not have eaten that little wafer without something to... Something to wash it down, yeah. It's like... I would have been there like... Like, coughing pitifully because I need every a sip of water every second of my life. And then also coughing because you got COVID from the blood of Christ. All right. Well, I, for one, absolutely, so wholeheartedly, self-serve Froyo is so important to good girls. I submit it to the glossary. Becca? Yes, I third that submission. Submission. Okay. It's in. It's in. We'll put in a little sound clip here. Okay. Now, we also have a game to play with you. Okay. Um, We didn't talk about it at all, but you are a self-proclaimed theater kid. Do you want to speak on that for a second? I am a theater kid. You know, I actually, I identify as a person who does theater and not a theater kid. I respect okay, that. that is, I respect really, that. There's yeah. a difference. Very I, beautiful. I don't know the lyrics to La Vie Boheme from Rent. I don't like a lot of musicals, but I do participate in them. Okay. So I just want to offer that distinction. Okay. <laughs> well, we wrote a kind of intense game about being a theater kid um, or a theater adult, a person who participates in theater, um, okay. and it is specifically centered around stunt casting um, in religious theater. Um, so we called it. So I wanna know what's the- 
A Star is Bored. Um, like Love. A Star is Born, but Bored. Um, and I'm sure we're all familiar with stunt casting, but in case you're not, it'd be like putting John Legend and Jesus Christ Superstar on TV just so people watched it. Mm-hmm. Right? You're familiar with absolutely absolutely the concept. Okay. Vibes. Danny, okay, yeah, I guess we should just eliminate this. We should eliminate a whole separate episode on all of that. Especially since she's not Jewish. Like, we need to bring a Jewish person on to talk about it. She's half Jewish, but not Jewish practicing. We're talking about Leah Michelle. Um, but yeah, so she is now going to be Fanny Bryce, who was like made famous by Barbara Streisand. Jewish well, actor. no, because Fa- Fanny Bryce was a real person. She was a real Jewish comedian, oh, yeah, and basically, yeah. Oh, that's the whole. That's it's not the Barbara Streisand of it all. It is by far the Fanny Bryce of it all. Mm-hmm. Like she is a real person who was a Jewish comedian, and the whole thing is that people didn't accept Jewish comedians, and that like being a bagel on the plate of onion rolls or whatever am i wrong is it the opposite being a onion roll on a plate of bagels or something like that that what's her it's it's from the show but um that was her whole thing is that she like had to be a funny girl to make it anywhere in hollywood okay i get that so it's like deeply rooted in her being jewish anyway speaking of judaism are you ready for your first question i'm ready okay so who? Do you know Fiddler on the Roof? Mm-hmm. Okay. So which of these women played Goldie in Fiddler on the Roof? Maya Rudolph, Fran Jesher, or Rosie O'Donnell? O'Donnell. I'm going to have to say Rosie O'Donnell. I feel like she was just everywhere in the early 2000s. She was everywhere in the early 2000s. Yes, it was Rosie O'Donnell. Congratulations. Yeah. Um, and she is, for listeners at home, the only non-Jewish woman on the list. Congrats. Love it. Um, okay, I will say also, I did not know the answers to any of these questions, so it's really a guesser's game. Um, <laughs> so don't feel bad if you don't know them, because it's the same. It's dumb, unimportant trivia. Yeah. Yes, Sid is a, is a niche fact girly. Um, okay, so number two is Sister Act the Musical, um, who played Dolores Van Cartier, who was the Whoopi character from the movie. Was it Brandy, Sherry Shepard, or Raven Simone? I'm going to say Raven Simone. That's right. It's Raven Simone. I love you just going with your gut and being right. That's God's voice in your ear. Because I know those Disney Channel stars are huge with their stunt casting. They're always just thrown in somewhere. Speaking of, the next question is, which Disney Channel heartthrob played Jesus in Godspell? Was it Nicholas Braun, Corbin Blue, or Nick Jonas? I think it was Corbin Blue, right? It was Corbin Blue! Right. Hell yeah! I just happen to know a lot about Corbin Blue because I love him. If he ever listens to this, well, he's married, but call me. Um, <laughs> what about when he was the um, host of the Jimmy Awards? Did you watch that? Oh my god, yeah. I saw the clips. I- it was. <laughs> he was so good. He should be the host of everything forever. He's also, like, a very nice person. I stage-doored once for a musical he was in, and we talked about tap dancing for six minutes, and I was like... Corbin Blue's devoted six minutes of his life to talk to me about tap dancing, and it was really, really important. Okay, are you ready? Yes, I'm ready. Um, okay, which... Ooh, I almost skipped one. Which little woman saw Goody Proctor with the devil? Can you explain? Yeah, so that's from The Crucible. Mm-hmm. You know, the play The Crucible. Yeah. So which of the little women from Greta Gerwig's Little Woman saw Goody Proctor with the devil, a.k.a. which one of them was in the revival on Broadway? Read the options. Okay. Uh, Sarah Ronan, Emma Watson, or Florence Pugh? 
I'm going to say Cher Sharon. <gasps> she is crushing it. Wow. Also, my favorite thing about that is that I watched the SNL sketch where she explained how to say her name, and now I know how to say her name. Sersha. Sersha. <laughs> okay. Next. Um, this one's only vaguely religious because I decided it was. Which duo has started Sweeney Todd and Mrs. Lovett and Sweeney Todd the Demon Barber of Fleet Street? And obviously, demons are religious. Was mm-hmm. it Christine Baranski and Brian Stokes Mitchell, Mitchell or Brian Darcy James and Molly Shannon? I'm going to say Christine Baranski just because I love her. And Brian Stokes Mitchell, you got it right. They did it in a Kennedy Center revival. Congratulations. You're really crushing this. Wait, I would like to know who Brian Stokes Mitchell is. Um, He really is like a big Broadway guy in the way that I don't remember what made him famous, but he's kind of just like one of those older guys that's in everything in the same way that Brian Darcy James I think both of them were in Smash, if that means anything to you. Okay, I saw Brian Darcy James in Something Rotten. Yes, he's in that. And then what is he in right now? Is he the one in Into the Woods? He's in Into the Woods right now. Yes, yes, yes. He's, he's also good, in... Yeah. I think Brian Stokes Mitchell might be like in Manifest oh, or something was in, like that. Wasn't he in... Was, I'm either really wrong or really right. He originated King George and Hamilton. That oh. was Liam Mitchell's boyfriend. Jonathan Groff. Thank you. <laughs> okay, then he, then he must have been an alternate or something because it was in it was in his bio. Oh, I interesting. Believe, either way, I believe that for sure. Brian the, at the end of the definitely. day, they're all the same. Well, okay. was Jonathan Groff in the um, previous? Um, uh, maybe not. I, thought, I don't think so. I think he was okay. the I think he was the Broadway guy, but I don't think he was the previous okay. guy. Okay. Famously, famously, my boss at my old agency, who is the best person in the world. I hope she's listening. She might be. She listens to a lot of podcasts, but she has not told me if she listens to this. But she she rocks, and she sees a bunch of previews. Like, she's very much a person who's like, I know everything before you know it. Yeah. And she saw Hamilton in previews, and she thought it wasn't very good. And that was, like, her claim to fame <laughs> the year they won all the Tonys. She was like, you know, I actually didn't like it. I actually saw it a year before anybody else said, and I actually thought it was bad. And we were all like, what a claim to fame. We love it. Um, Okay, last question. Which famous Jason... (laughs) This is even funnier that I'm saying it and not you. Okay, which famous Jason did Sid sit next to during a 2017 production of Joan of Arc? On Broadway. On Broadway. Um, Okay, so your options of famous Jasons are Jason Sudeikis, Jason Alexander, or Jason Momoa. I'm going to say Jason Sudeikis. It was Jason Alexander. Dang it. You should have given the clue. It might have helped. Oh, yeah. He was really grumpy. He was, like, so (laughs) pissed. Not a Sudeikis vibe. No, not a Sudeikis vibe. He was really pissed to be there, it seemed like. Um, And I, I got rush tickets, so they just put me somewhere random, and it happened to be next to Jason Alexander, and he was, like, arms crossed the whole time. I think he might have been a Tony voter and had to vote. Um, and um, so he had to see it because it was up for a nomination, but he was not happy to be there. But you did great because that question is truly the dumbest, least important <laughs> trivia ever. But yeah, congratulations, but you crushed the game. Absolutely. So you obliterated the game. Me yeah. after giving a whole speech about how I'm not really a theater person. Yeah, <laughs> and then you're like, oh, but I know everything about it. I, I did. I did magically guess. <laughs> but you got it all right. Um, okay, so basically all we have left is to what we call pass the offer plate so that's if you'd like to plug anything let us know go for it if i'd like to plug anything Mm -hmm. okay i definitely want to plug um my tiktok i'm on tiktok my username is vjpla vjpla 
just an iteration of my initials. And I mostly make content about dating in New York City, which is, it writes itself, folks, let me tell you that. <laughs> um, and my Instagram is Plavator, P-L-A-V-A-T-O-R. That's me. Beautiful. I'm on the internet. I'm making jokes. Please laugh at them. <laughs> Love it. A fun fact about me is that I started off on TikTok as a dating influencer creator, and I did a Bumble ad, and then I found love, and now I lose followers by the day. <laughs> I remember seeing that and being like, damn it, I lost her. <laughs> people people literally comment on my stuff, and they're like, wow, how tragic. I remember when you were single, and I'm like, yeah. So here's the thing. Everyone who gets married was once single, except for those few people, those few people who never seem to be single. But, but I feel like you're still, like, connected to the idea of being single. You're not one of those people that is like completely lost concept of reality and tells me that it's going to come when I least expect it. No, it will come. It honestly will come when you're bored and it's a pandemic and you match with somebody who's actively living in Detroit. That is the only way <laughs> dating apps will work. <laughs> to be fair, I'm always bored and it's always a pandemic. So. <laughs> Becca's always like, no, it's hard work. You got to work for it. I'm not here to tell you that you're going to run into him on the street. If you do, you should, like, I'm too afraid of the people I run into on the street. Mm-hmm. So, nope, not them. Um, men on hinge who live states and states away, that's your market. Work for it, ladies. Um, and they're going to come with their own religious trauma, too. So that's going to be really fun. Wait, do you want to actually plug your own stuff? Before I have, I'm gonna hand you this mic packaging and plug. I would love to. I would love to first plug my the Knot website. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but there is one. You can Google me. Um, no, I would like to plug my TikTok and Twitter, which is the real underscore Becca. And please follow me on TikTok because I am hemorrhaging followers and it's very embarrassing. Um, you can also follow me on Instagram at the Becca Stevenson. And as always, please connect with me on LinkedIn. You can find me. My name is Becca Stevenson. I work in advertising. How do you spell your last name, Becca? S-T-E-P-H-E-N-S-O-N. And it is not pronounced Stephenson, even though sometimes I say Stevenson, and then I spell it, and they say Stephenson, and I'm like, you're right, I said it wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Oops, silly me. And the thing is, it sounds like Becca's being sarcastic, and no, she would just let people mispronounce it because they thought they were right. Yeah, I'd be like, that's my name now. I've actually changed the pronunciation. You're right. (laughs) Um, And you can follow me, Sid King, on Instagram at Sid period, the period King, and it's the same on TikTok. And you can also follow me on Letterboxd. I'd love to talk about. Um, today I watched a Price is Right documentary, um, and it was one of the worst produced things I've ever seen, but I still cried because this guy was really passionate about the Price is Right. Um, so come on there and talk to me about it. And as always, you can email us at um, thegoodgirlsgonesad at gmail.com. Is it the? Or no. no, the. No, the. It's just goodgirlsgonesad at gmail.com and goodgirlsgonesad on TikTok and goodgirlsgonesad on Instagram. And um, also, as always, if you leave a little review on Apple Podcasts and you send a little screenshot and you DM it to us or email it to us, we will mail you a sticker. We will pay money in postage to mail you a Good Girls Gone Sad sticker. Okay, we love you very much. Oh, and we also would like to, of course, thank our best friend luke lima for producing our intro song you can find him on instagram at underscore skip to my luke it's dj skip to my luke it is skip to my luke underscore but if you look for it you'll find it and finally as always jesus wouldn't call women whores on the internet (laughs) as always jesus wouldn't call women whores on the internet bye Oh no, okay.